Okay, the next part is God's plan for Israel's future. God's plan for Israel's future. Verses 25 through 32. God's plan for Israel's future. Verse 25 through 32. And let's go ahead and read it. So when you're there, say amen. Amen. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own seats. That blindness, in part, has happened to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, There shall come out of Sion the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. And as concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. For as you in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief, even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God has concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. The mystery is the setting aside of Israel for a season due to unbelief. Mystery because you won't find it. It's in the Old Testament. You just, there's not really anything that talks about the church at all. You find like a, a very, very subtle hints to it, but mostly there's, no, there's just nothing there. Uh, it was a mystery. It was hidden. The fullness of the Gentiles speaks of the church. It speaks of the completion of the mystical body of Christ made up of both Jews and Gentiles who have been saved from the day of Pentecost to the coming resurrection of the rapture of the church. Israel will then be saved. Each individual will accept Christ. So I'm going to give you just a breakdown, not a detail breakdown, just a quick, a quick breakdown of the future of mankind. So we have the rapture of the church. And that's when the church, as we know it, will not pray to God when we have it. Mm-hmm. I'll be getting training on a white horse. Because I don't have a white horse. So I'll be in training sessions. <laughs> so the rapture of the church. The next one is the Great Tribulation. And that lasts for seven years. And it's going to be divided right in the middle. So during the Great Tribulation period, the Antichrist rises to power. And the key to this, the church is referred to as salt and light. Yes. And when you take away salt, salt's used as a preservative. If you remove salt, what happens? It's going to rot. You're going to get get bad. If you take away light, it's just pure darkness. darkness. Mm -hmm. So when the church is raptured out, you've removed the salt, you've removed the light. There's a passage of scripture, Paul, that says it's really hard to understand because the translation is kind of funky. But uh, it talks about 
time of the Antichrist, and that when when how did it go? When him when when the oh shoot. It's worded weird. You know what you want to talk about? Yeah, he's gonna read it because it's it's it is very tricky to understand. Get more Jerry It doesn't mean that. 
now. Yeah. We use the word let, not in that context at all. Yeah. Yeah. But it means hinder, and the church hinders is hindering. The church is what hinders the yeah. Antichrist yes. being able to rise to the power that even I'm not saying that he's currently here. But, you know, the spirit of Antichrist is here. But that's why the rapture has to take place first. Because yeah. yes, then there will be no restraining force. Like there is right now, right? Okay, so the great tribulation, and then you have so three and a half years, these three and a half years of just horrible. Praise God in the church, we will not be here. The second coming of Christ is the third, the second coming of Christ. So at the end of the seven year period, Christ is going to come back. Yes. This is when you see Israel accept Christ. He'll come and they'll ask him. He'll, he's going to come down and he's going to land on the Mount of Olivet and it's going to split right in the middle and Israel is going to be able to escape from the Antichrist. And they're going to see the yes. scars in the sand. I said, where, where did you get them? The house of my friends. And they'll accept them as Christ, as the Messiah. They can accept them. And they'll know that they crucified the Messiah. Then the next is the battle of Armageddon. Yeah, that's it. Then after the battle of Armageddon will be the millennial reign of Christ. Christ is going to reign for a thousand years. The one thing that the world has desired for so long, peace, yeah. no famine, all these different things, yeah. that's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. Christ reign. Right. So for a thousand years, we're going to have perfection. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> then the final revolt, which is, uh, blows your mind, the fact that somebody can live for a thousand years yeah. under the perfect reign of Christ and still revolt. Yeah. Satan will be loose from the pit, which he's been there for a thousand years. Hence the thousand year reign of Christ, thousand years. Satan will be loose from the pit one last time, and he's going to deceive the nations, and they're going to revolt against Christ. They're going to actually march against Jerusalem, and then fire falls from heaven and consumes them. See, it's not a battle this time. That's right. So we have the final revolt slash great white throne judgment. And then after that, new heaven, new earth. Praise God. Like I said, I'm not going to get into a bunch of detail. We'll get to sit and be teaching. We teach a class on all of those. So we're just going to, that's the, the future. So the rapture of the church, the great tribulation period, which is seven years, the second coming of Christ, the battle of Armageddon. The millennial reign of Christ, the final revolt, slash great white throne judgment, and new heaven, new earth. Because they rejected the gospel, God counted them as an enemy. Talking about Israel. So for those that reject the cross, the message of the cross, God counts them as enemy. But Paul talked about the enemies, enemies of the cross. Israel has been elected. For a specific purpose. They talk about their election. They have been, it's not like, it's not like, oh, they're picked to be saved. That's not how it works. Election, in the sense they are elected to a certain purpose in the plan of God. That election is very special in the eyes of God. 
The gifts and callings of God are not subject to a change of mind on God's part. God hasn't changed his mind about Israel. That's right. right. And he hasn't changed his purpose for Israel because he didn't change his mind about Israel. Israel has been chosen by God for a specific purpose in his redemption plan. God will not change his mind about it. God will not change his mind even when I bite off a big old piece of stupid and blow it. The mercy which was extended to the Gentiles will ultimately bring Israel back as well with the entirety of the plan of God now coming full circle. God's condition of dealing with the entirety of of the human family, both Jews and Gentiles, is that of mercy. Yes. God will not change His redemption plan. All will be made to conform to that plan. Right. Goes back to what I talked about earlier. Well, we just believe whatever doctrine we want. God's redemption plan is God's redemption plan. If what you believe doesn't line up with God's redemption plan, God's redemption plan won't be changing. Yeah. Is your belief that need to conform. Yeah. Not God's redemption plan. Yeah. But we try to make his plan conform to our, our 